Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes! Let's go, Kansas 80, That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gudikin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Got a 14-10 lead for Bowling Green over Toledo. There you go. That one we don't like, We well, There's plenty of time. We like what we're seeing from Akron and Young Jeezy. We do not like what we're seeing Akron right now. Akron and Young Jeezy. Toledo, Toledo does not get out of bed until they're down at least four points. No, usually they don't know. have to get out of bed because usually they're up like 14. Um, that's a small one. Akron we need tonight. and We actually need the under in Tennessee. I would have given it out, but it started at like 530. So uh, that one hopefully wrapping up because Michigan State seems to be a bad, bad choice, guys. They are now, um, checks notes, four for 44 shooting the three this season. Wow. This season, four for 44. It's not good. How is that possible? Uh, That's well, like a sixth grade basketball team. Well, but yeah. you... In fact, no, it's not. They, yeah, I think Nathan's it's basketball like a third team third grade is, basketball team. It's actually trying to come up with a way that that's possible, and uh, I can't figure it out. Like, not not in today's league. No, no, no. Uh, Pistons up three on the Hawks right now. We got, of course, in-season tournament games going on. Heat up 51-46 on the Hornets in the second quarter. Pacers up big on the Sixers, 59-48. Uh, 3.45 to go in the second quarter there. Pacers now three-and-a-half-point favorites. Live total, 247 and a half. And then uh, the Thunder up early 28-25 after the first quarter on the Spurs. Tobias Harris, balling, 10 points. There you go. Tyrese Maxey, 10 points. See? Uh, See? He's Look, back. He cooked real quick, Joel didn't he? Embiid, 14 points. The problem is Uh-oh. I handle my biz. Miles Turner, 2 points, milk carton status. What quarter is that? We are We're in, in the, the second, second quarter. Ah, yeah, I'd get a little worried. So I'll yeah, be honest. Be. That, that Tyrese Maxey situation is the reason why I don't look at numbers early in games. Because yep. you can just do too much math. You'll stress yourself out too much. You'll put yourself in a position where you're going, wait, oh, my God, was that the wrong choice? Let it play itself out. Milk was a bad choice. Milk. Milk was a bad choice. All right. Uh, so the NFC East, guys, is it time, just maybe, just maybe, to buy in on the Cowboys? We talked about the Broncos at plus 520 to make the playoffs. Dallas is plus 500, or sorry, 4-1 to one to win the NFC East, with obviously the Eagles being heavy favorites at minus 550. I I can't do it, but there are going to be a lot of people that will try and do that, given that price right now. And given, oh, look, what we've seen from CeeDee Lamb, who looks like a number one, Dak Prescott and that offense starting to hum. You're getting a little more from the run game there. Yeah. It, it feels like it's the, it's the the Cowboys, as they always do with a lot of the public, you, they bait people, and they're baiting people right now at 4-1. to one. The problem that I have is that the injuries, like the Buffalo Bills, uh, keep stacking up for the Cowboys. Uh, LVS... LVE, Leighton Vander Esch, uh, out for the season. Huge. Uh, probably out forever. His neck has been a problem for him since Boise State. Yeah. And now CJ Goodwin out for the season as well. So two more guys that the Cowboys are relying on now done for the year. Yeah. And Deron Bland has been excellent. But, man, it's starting to get scary hours right now. I uh okay so yeah worried about the injuries on the defensive side of the ball but I was thinking about this in the shower today I took a nice long hot shower went away from the two minute cold showers we've been doing in completely the morning. 
Uh, no, we're still sticking with that, but okay. we, just, we needed a nice, long, oh, hot one today. Always, always add Terrible that, Terrible for the skin in the winter, but we didn't care. And I was thinking, you know, the Cowboys, okay, so they look like dump against San Francisco in that standalone spot Sunday night. I bet them it was a big mistake, and they got ran over. But they were just starting to figure some things out offensively. Okay, so then they lost to the Eagles, but they could have won that game. They played the Eagles tough. They usually do. You know, Dak steps out of bounds on that two-point conversion. But other than that, Dak's been balling. I gave it out weeks ago, the C.D. Lamb, and it was a flyer, but he's down to 30-1 to right now for Offensive Player of the Year. Um, People laughed. People laughed at me. People laughed when I gave out Who my Cowboys picks. That? They're all going to laugh at you. But Dallas, Who's you know, maybe, maybe, I'm not saying they're like playing possum, but maybe what they're doing is they're just figuring some things out offensively because Kellen Moore's gone. Yeah, it's Mike McCarthy that you have to trust. I'm just saying in the NFC where anything can happen and injuries do happen, you know, Philadelphia might be a couple injuries away from not being the same team. San Francisco, we saw what happened when Trent Williams wasn't out there. Brock could throw three picks in a game. And Dallas has a good defense, even with these injuries. I'm just saying, if you have to buy into a team, maybe it is the Dallas Cowboys with that de- with that defense and with Dak playing his best football and uh, with CD playing his best football. Worry about Tony Pollard, though. Doesn't look like an every-down back, guys. Well, we've been saying that He's since not. they season, made it yeah, clear he much. was going to be their every-down back. And that's, that's just what just... Again, at this point, we're not going to have an answer. We're not going to be able to get in Mike McCarthy's head, who is a professional football coach, in case you're wondering. Highly uh, successful. Highly successful uh, football coach. But let's be honest. It didn't make sense, and they're riding with it the rest of the way. They did nothing at the trade deadline to change that. So that's pretty much what Dallas is going to look like. Dallas has the eighth toughest schedule the rest of the way. You got the Eagles, Lions, Seahawks, Dolphins, and... I, do we put the Bills in there as tough opponent? I mean, yeah. I, I guess we still do. Yeah. But it certainly doesn't... It doesn't Afternoons at 1 Eastern on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski. Lion's stuff is just, oh my God, I just want to vomit. Aaron Hawksworth. That's all I have to say to that. And Ed Egros. We will do the work for you. On the BetQL Network. Baseball is winning on the BetQL Network with Bet for the Cycle featuring Cody Decker. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio, and handicapper Rob Brown. Couldn't hit a baseball off a high school pitcher. That's why I played soccer. Double plays, props, and parlays. Not only Blue Jays' run line here, Cody, I might tease it up to an alternate run line of minus two and a half. Join the chaos every Saturday from noon to four Eastern. Can you explain to me how these are the same odds? Can someone please explain to me how these are the same odds? <laughs> exactly what I was I've looked say. at this over and over and over again. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. I have so many hot takes just off of this here. Well, let them let them rip a little bit. What's, the, what's like the first one? It is going to be absolutely awesome. Remove the one seed, remove the two seed. Who are they supposed to lose to? You know what, Carver's gonna dribble it out. You lost. It's over. Who does he think he is? Kobe Bryant's like what that's, was that? So I, I don't think I've ever seen an end game like that before. But that's literally like I am watching endis this season. This is what we thought the Giants would be last year. But you come in the first year, you win coach of the year, you establish, hey, I can be a head coach. So now there's at least a little bit, okay, well, we've seen 
what Dable can do as a head coach. We've seen what he can bring get out of the Giants. They even won a playoff game. And then you have a really bad season when it's a quarterback-rich draft. It is the perfect scenario to start off your coaching career there. It may not be fun right now, but it's going to be a lot more fun when you have Drake May under center or Caleb Williams under center, and it's not going to be Daniel Jones anymore. We stop pretending that he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah, and I'm actually a little bit curious about Caleb Williams in New York, though. Um, that's sure. a that's a market you do not want to go to, mm-hmm. and have it has significant expectations. Their offensive line is terrible. We know what he looks like under duress because USC's uh, offensive line has been collapsing. Yeah, He's, he doesn't good look good. Good point. So if they don't have a good offensive line, that thing could go down as a, a straight up disaster. It would have to be a situation where it's like, okay, we draft our quarterback and then we get our left tackle. Yep. You know, like say what you want about the Chargers, they kind of got that part right. The, the Bengals definitely got that part right. They're like, okay, if we're going to pay Joe Burrow, we're going to have to get offensive line help, whether it's through the draft. You know, there's going to be some guys available in free agency. Maybe you make a deal for, I wouldn't do it, but a guy like David Bakhtiari uh, will be available via trade. You're going to yep. have to pay him, and he's you know hasn't been healthy in three years. But still, there's going to be some guys available, but you have to get offensive line help. That's a really good point. Or maybe Drake May is the guy that they want, but I think you have to go Caleb. He's the safer pick. I would go Drake May, though, if I was a GM, but... um. Yeah, especially in New York, you have to go with the flashy guy, I feel. Have to. But that would be some that would be a concern right there is like that offensive line the first couple of years. Well, you you'd hope that they'd be smart enough to go out and address that offensive line quickly. Well, hell, <laughs> even Arizona like that's Kyler's biggest issue. He hates the offensive line yep. there. He was yep. begging for them to take a tackle. And uh this year he might be begging for them to do the same thing, but they might be doing something else and taking his replacement. It's I I really think he's staying, man. I do too. I really do. I think that's the right move if you're them. You've already invested that like there will be teams uh, again. If somebody swoops in with some massive offer, then okay, that's a different story, and you're going to get a million first-round picks, and then on top of that, you're going to have your first-round picks, and like, okay. But other than that, I'm sticking with Kyler Murray, and I'm building around him, and I'm adding to that offensive line, and I'm adding adding Marvin Harrison or something along there. Like, because we're now at the point, guys, where teams are looking at tanking. Teams are they understand what they are, they understand what their situation is. So when we look at you know the last. When are we week eleven? Six, seven weeks of the season, whatever the hell it is. Do the math. The math's mathing, I think. That that's kind of what you have to factor in too in terms of division prices, in terms of teams making the playoffs. And I mean, you know, just to go back to Denver, Denver the rest of the season, guys, where are they? Hold on. I just saw it. Uh Denver's twelfth. Strength of schedule's twelfth the rest of the way. So again, it goes back to that plus five twenty. Their defense is trending up. Yep. The offense looks better. Their strength of schedule's not. It's not crazy. I mean, they're going to see teams like... I mean, really, this is these are the tough teams that are left on their schedule. The Lions, the Browns, so obviously, two, you know, a good winnable defense. Games, and winnable games, though. Winnable games. Like, you know the, what I mean? Like, the Vikings. The, Broncos, the way that they're playing, they just beat Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And I know, like, back Mahomes is sick and yeah. Allen... Is this, Allen, yeah, but, but I mean, Allen. yeah, but but I then mean, you got Vikings. A, that is a winnable game. The Texans are f- five and four, but that's a winnable game. The Raiders are five and five. That's on their tough side of this whole schedule. That's a winnable game. And then their easy games are the Chargers twice, which yeah, and the Chargers could still flip things around. Maybe they lose one of those. And then on top of that, you have the New England Patriots, who are another team that's desperate for a quarterback. So th- this is now when we get a picture. Where's the price for the playoffs or the division? And then what's that schedule look like? I I still like Philadelphia to win the NFC East, but I go back to Denver once again, and I see that strength of schedule and say, okay, 
Those are like that would be like if there's one or the other because the prices are look it's close four to one plus five twenty. Like I would much rather take Denver to make the playoffs at plus five twenty. Even if the prices were even, let's say I'd much rather take Denver to make the playoffs than the Cowboys to win the division. Oh, I think absolutely. I mean, Cowboys are not winning that division. No. Philadelphia is winning that division. Absolutely. They look better than ever. Yep. Their defense is healthy. I think They're they win this week. Offensive. I do too. Their offensive line is awesome. Mm-hmm. Jalen looks good, even though. And he got. He's just coming off the bye, so his knee's probably, you know, at least been rested, iced, stemmed, all that good stuff. O line's probably only going to get better because you yep. know Kelsey's got to be feeling himself. He's yeah. one of the sure. uh, sexiest people on Damn this straight. planet. Damn straight. You know he what is. I mean? I like they post that picture of him and Travis together in college, and they're like, one of these men is. Is on the uh, people's yeah. sexiest list, and it's Kelsey. And, he's, and the other he's, one's dating Taylor Swift. It's just wild, man. Good for those guys, man. Like, get the bag while you can. I mean, listen, that's a great business deal that they've all put together with the all like all their people, and yeah. uh, there you go. No, no, no. We're not. <laughs> don't don't try to sneak that in. Don't try to sneak that. Just waiting for a reaction there from you. That's real love. It's, oh, it's, it's definitely not any of that. For the real love, definitely baby. not any and of they that. They found it. No, I'm with. You know what? I'm coming around on the Broncos. On I the like Sean this. Payton I thing. like this. And, um, yeah, remember a couple weeks ago we were like, nope, Sean Payton, and we were like re-bringing, we were like bringing back the tape. He was on Colin Cowherd, I believe, and he was talking about Caleb Williams and how some team's going to tank for Caleb. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, that was the plan all along. That's why he went to Denver. He knew <laughs> it Russell did was feel cooked. that way. And now Russell Wilson is playing like an MVP. Like, let's be honest, Russell Wilson is playing like the comeback player of the year. Most likely it goes to DeMar Hamlin, uh, who right now is only minus 200, though. And, like, what's your – I hate to say it, but, like, what's your Hamlin memory? Being the 12th man on the field last night and getting That's that bad. big penalty? Like, I, I'm just saying, like, Tua plus 400, what's Tua really coming back from? Some injuries, but, like, if anything, well, he's going to win MVP. Couldn't you argue that that's the same thing for I'd, I'd vote Russell Dobbs. Wilson, though? He's coming back from a couple injuries and from I, I get Nathaniel it. A, a Hackett. Dope being as, you know what I mean? So like, that's that. That's coming back from a lot. Does that right count there. as a comeback, though, even though we would probably count it because it was that bad? Yes. Russell Wilson's the fourth highest-rated quarterback in the NFL right now. I just want to point that out. What are his I gotta look his at His yards, MVP though, ads. are buns. If you look at what he's doing, because I was looking at it last night, so 193 yards last night, 114 yards against the Chiefs. He's mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, he's Jimmy Garoppolo on the Niners. Right. You know he, you know he's only hilarious? got 1,800 yards passing this yeah, year. Like, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, but look at the touchdown-to-interception ratio. But you know Look at the sacks, guys. too, though. He's oh, been sacked 30 but, times this but year. But what's funny is, like, okay, so a running back and a linebacker and a pass rusher are never going to win this Walk award. Walk into a bar. You oh, know, sorry, I thought that's what you were no, making a joke. No, it's a quarterback <laughs> award right now. Offensive player of the year is obviously, like, wide receiver running back award. And still, Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, and Travis Kelsey have better odds to win MVP than Russell Wilson, who's still 250 to 1. Travis Kelsey, a tight end, has better odds than Russell Wilson. So it just tells you the market's like, hey, you want to bet him? Go ahead and bet him. Name your price. It's like, <laughs> come, over to the, come over to the Horvath Sportsbook. Um, yeah, so it's, it's not going to happen, but he's playing good football, man. Playing really good football. I saw one of those memes, and it's the it's death going door to door. Oh yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> like Josh Allen Mahomes, and it's rough. <laughs> Guys, uh, the legend killer right now. You know who has by far the toughest schedule this year? Just looking at down the stretch, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, by far winning percentage six fifty three versus Vegas at six hundred. That's the next closest. Whew. It's Ben MGM tonight. 
It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. And I just, I, I don't see him getting better. I see him doing a lot of the same things. And now that teams have a beat on it, they're making him make mistakes. And now that he's making mistakes, there's frustration. And you can see it on the sidelines. And that's the whole deal. So when I look at him, I think May has an opportunity to push. But I also think Penix, a guy who I said should be the front runner for the Heisman, Penix has an opportunity to push as well. And so with Caleb Williams, we also have to go to the NFL, right? And so you got to look at what Lincoln Riley's done. And he's had Kyler Murray. I don't, I'm not giving him Jalen Hurts. I am gonna, I'm going to leave Jalen Hurts at Alabama. I am. I'm going to leave him at Alabama simply because there's no other Oklahoma quarterbacks that are squatting 700 pounds. That's Bama built. So I'm going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Baker Mayfield also as a top pick, and both of those guys, one's been around the league. He's already been around the block in Baker. And then the other one, his own team does not want him to play in Kyler Murray. So I think kind of the shines come off the apple with Lincoln Riley, and you watch him, how frustrated he's been getting over the course of these games and not being able to get stuff done. I just don't – when I watch Caleb Williams play, a lot of it is out of phase. A lot of it is out of the structure of an offense. And to be in the NFL – You've got to play within the offensive structure. Drake May plays within the structure of that offense. Do I love that offense? Not exactly, but he still plays within the structure of an offense. It's not all improv. And so I think that's the difference here. And yeah, there's going to be somebody, you know, whether it's like the Colts with Anthony Richardson that are going to take a gamble on someone that's willing to play that, that makes their best plays without, with it outside of the structure of the offense. But I think Drake May is now becoming more of a Drake May and Michael Pence are becoming more, um, they're bubbling up from everyone I talk to from an NFL standpoint because they play within the structure and they find ways to make plays. They know when guys are supposed to be open. They understand where the plays are made instead of everything else. They they can use the auxiliary, but at the end of the day, what we're seeing are, is teams want guys that can still play within the structure. I think we need to set mm-hmm. some parameters for roasting people for oh. their bets because I'm not going to lie. Last week's teaser was absolutely terrible. I don't think I hit a single leg in it, which is fine. And at the end of the day, it counts for one bet. So people are saying, oh, all of your takes were terrible. Listen, if you lose a parlay or a teaser by one leg or four, mm-hmm. it does not matter. It counts the same. But there is nothing worse than people who come on after the fact and say, all of these picks were terrible. Well, you have to say that before the game starts or else you just look like a Monday morning quarterback because obviously anybody can come in after the game and say, oh, you should have picked this team. So can we set some parameters for roasting people's picks? I say if you don't roast somebody before the game starts, you shouldn't be allowed to roast somebody at all. Yes. If you roast someone after the fact, you're a loser. You know why? Because anybody can do that. Anyone. Anyone can say, oh, I'll just wait and see how this plays out. 
And if you win, I won't say anything. But if you lose, I'll troll you. That's just, that's, that's lowbrow thinking. So yeah, if you're going to call somebody out and say, I disagree with this pick, fine. Disagree before the fact. Don't do it afterwards. A child can do that. Also, if you're going to provide generic fifth grade insults, I'm not going to mm -hmm. acknowledge you. Because it is one thing if you listen to my reasoning, you say, hey, I have a problem with your line of thinking. This is wrong. And I think you need to consider this other than just somebody simply commenting wrong. Like that's the worst. <laughs> like you can't even argue with these people because I will follow up and say, okay, what exactly about my handicap do you disagree right. with specifically? And they never have an answer. And then they just follow up, see you were wrong. I'm like, okay, well, if you can't tell me why I was wrong, then like you don't have any grounds for insults. And also another thing, if you don't have your picture as your profile picture, and if you don't use your name uh, as true. your profile name, you can't insult anybody for anything. It's very easy to hate from the sidelines if you don't put your name. Take a lead with five seconds to go. Off the practice squad for the lead, and it is good! It is good! Amendola from 38 yards! And the final is in, and the Texans have won it with a backup kicker. Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. I would pay a lot of money for Kevin Harlan to narrate my life. I'm going to be honest with you. Kevin Harlan, even Gus Johnson, I know he's spiked things up a little bit more, guys. I'd still take it. Was he by himself? He looked like he was doing the play-by-play -play <laughs> and the color. Well, that's a good color. You sit back and let him let him paint the picture there. That, plus, that was the TV it's call, like, so yeah, you can have well, a little more said. little more space. And then you go hear him on Westwood One calling Monday night, and it's just like, whew. I love I love listening to Kevin Harlan. I oh mean, yeah, me too. He's just he just makes every event better and more fun. Unless of course you uh, cover the Bengals, I can imagine for Lindsey Patterson, host of It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati and Odyssey podcast. Uh, that was not not the ending that anybody wanted, certainly in Cincinnati. But let's let's go back and look at that game before we look ahead, Lindsey. I. I see a Bengals team that's got their backs against the wall, but also a team that's been there before because, well, for the third straight year, they had themselves a slow start. But when you look at what the Texans were able to do and you look at where the Bengals end up losing that game, do you say that was more on Cincinnati losing that game or just, hey, maybe the Texans really are just better than what we thought they were coming into the season? Yeah, I definitely don't want to take anything away from C.J. Stroud. I know a lot of people have him as Rookie of the Year, MVP conversation. He played an outstanding game for their offense. They did a great job, even their offensive coordinator. Um, just really disappointing for the Cincinnati Bengals because, you know, they have been playing really well at home. They've lost two games at home over the last two years, and in the trenches really just let them down. I know a lot of people look at the Cincinnati Bengals' offensive line. They always say, oh, they can't protect Joe Burrow. It's brutal. I honestly think this is his best offensive line that he's had in Cincinnati since he's been drafted. But it was a disappointing day for him. He couldn't do anything, had not a lot of protection. And you could say the same thing for the defensive line. I mean, the Texans were able to run the ball. They were able to throw the ball. And nobody was putting pressure on CJ. So I would say it was really just a disappointing day all around for the trenches for the Cincinnati Bengals. 
What do you expect for this Thursday night matchup, short week, divisional rival? I call it a badger in a box game. Both teams uh, have their backs against the walls and are looking to scratch the other team's eyes out. I got a picture of that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the Cincinnati Bengals, you want to get another AFC win. You want to get one in your division to be the first one of the season. They're 0-2. They started last year 0-3 in the AFC North. They started last year 5-4. and They started the year before 5-4. and And you, you just want to get out and be able to get a win on the road against an AFC North rival. These two teams know each other so well. And every time they play, it is a low-scoring game. I think a lot of people look at this matchup and they think, these offenses, it's going to be a great Thursday night battle in the air. For me personally, I think it's going to be a defensive battle still. It kind of has been over the last few matchups with these two teams. And for me, what I'm going to see is, look, injuries are a thing for every team. You can't use them as an excuse. The Cincinnati Bengals will more than likely be without T. Higgins. He had a hamstring injury in practice last Wednesday. It was a short turnaround for him. Couldn't play on Sunday. He didn't participate in practice tonight. Sam Hubbard, I think, is a very key piece on this defense. And it looks like he'll be missing this game, too. He was out of practice this week. He hurt his ankle late in the matchup uh, versus the Buffalo Bills. And that is concerning when it comes to stopping the run, especially when you look at this Baltimore Ravens team. They can run the ball. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is extremely talented in the air and on the ground. So if you can't put pressure on him, it could be a long night for this defense. Some good news for this Bengals defense is Trey Hendrickson was limited. I know a lot of people were thinking, oh, he's going to be out. When will he return? Is his season over? Um, another late injury in the game against the Texans. But good news, a little bit of optimism is Trey went limited at practice tonight. And that's going to be the biggest thing for this defense. When you look at this matchup is put the pressure on Lamar Jackson, something that they struggled with in the first one. He went lights out in week two. The difference in this game is Joe Burrow is healthy. He wasn't. He wasn't for the first month of the season. He was starting to look a little better in the second half versus the team, and they were able to put some touchdowns on the board in the fourth quarter and make it a three-point game, but they lost that game against Baltimore and Cincinnati. So for this matchup, you would think you would want to utilize the running back. They only had 11 carries for Joe Mixon in the Texans game and, and kind of take advantage of this defense, and, and maybe they can stop the run, but I still feel like Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, they're going to throw it up to their number one wide receiver in Jamar Chase. Lindsay, there were some reports that the uh, Bengals actually turned down a trade offer from Carolina, who Carolina was also looking at Devontae Adams. I find that kind of funny. <laughs> but do you think the goal is to bring T back next season, or do you think this is most likely his last year with the Bengals, um, you know, and it's just kind of like one last ride trying to get the job done together? It's been really unfortunate for T. Higgins, obviously battling his injury with the hamstring, and he had a little bit of an off start to the season. Um, I feel like his Sunday night football game, you wanted him to get in the end zone because he's just been playing yeah. so well, but only two touchdowns on the year. And unfortunately, just been a little bit disappointing for him. I still think he's a top wide receiver, number one wide receiver on a lot of teams. You could say the Cincinnati Bengals have two wide number one wide receivers on this team when T. Higgins is healthy. Maybe it's optimism. I don't know if an extension will happen, but I think that they franchise tag T. Higgins mm -hmm. in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, it's it has that, just that there's something special about this receiver core, but you get to that point, right, where you just know, like, you can only afford so much if you're a franchise, and guys just start to get priced out a little bit, so I don't I don't want to jump, obviously, to the offseason where they are now, but if you were to look at this team and say, okay, here's their biggest issues that they need to address just to get to the playoffs at this point in a crowded AFC, what would be the biggest thing that they need to just kind of, whether it's tweak or it's really overhaul, if they're going to, one, beat the Ravens in Baltimore on Thursday night and obviously get back to the playoffs again? 
Yeah, I would say on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I was just talking about the trenches. You want to see your offensive line look the way it did against the 49ers. I mean, if you you look like that against a tough defensive line, you should be able to do it again in a matchup where I felt like it was a – they have a good pass rush in the Houston Texans, but they struggled with it, and they couldn't protect Joe Burrow. And that's going to be the biggest thing. You you don't want to deal with injuries because they lost three offensive linemen in the AFC Championship game last year, and that was very telling. Almost still won the game. So for me personally, I still look at your offensive line, and you want to see more out of your trenches. You can flip to the defensive side. Everybody knows they lost Jesse Bates, Von Bell. That was a topic of conversation going into this season. You want to see more out of guys like Nick Scott. Um, Dax Hill has kind of stepped up in their secondary in the safety position. Um, Cam Taylor Britt has definitely been one. I think a lot of people have eyes on could be a Pro Bowl cornerback. Um, He has stepped up in in year two for them, and that's been huge for them in the cornerback room. But unfortunately, Cheeto Ouzier, um, he had his ACL injury, and he's really struggled. That was over a year ago, and he hasn't been 100%, but they've had rookie DJ Turner step up in the corner room. And I think you can look at the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Their rookie play on their defense and their secondary was really helpful in telling in the AFC Championship game and that really helped them too. Obviously, you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side. So you want to just see the strength out of your young secondary for the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think that's extremely important, the secondary and the offensive line. Two players that looked pretty damn good last weekend, Tanner Hudson, tight end one. He had, what, five receptions in the first drive alone, 28 yards, and Trenton Irwin. Uh, We like to bet player props, and role player player props are always something Mm -hmm. to look at. Who do you like more between those two in this matchup? You know, I, I said it before the game, Tanner Hudson anytime touchdown last week. I really thought the way that drive was going, they were going to Tanner in the end zone. He has stepped up as a tight end. The Bengals got a lot of criticism for not really investing in the tight end position this season. They had Herb Smith, unfortunately. He's been okay. He was able to get a touchdown a week ago. But if I were to look at any of the players, I still think it's going to be Trent Irwin. Um, T. Higgins is out. I know a lot of people get excited about the rookie wide receivers the Cincinnati Bengals have. And Charlie Jones could be called up. I think it's going to be more special teams. So Trent Irwin would be my guy because he's had to do that when they were without Jamar Chase for four games last year during the um, stretch they went three and one he had to step up as wide receiver number number two with T Higgins and I'm expecting that again in this matchup what's up with Tyler Boyd is he has he fallen off because you mentioned you mentioned Trenton Irwin legit wide receiver too but I'm sorry that was supposed to be what Tyler Boyd does I probably shouldn't have said wide receiver number two. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Tyler Boyd. That was um, that is absolutely terrible. I know a lot of people in Cincinnati, they're a little disappointed in the touchdown drop for uh, Tyler Boyd. It could have been the go-ahead for them against the Houston Texans. And honestly, nine times out of ten, Tyler Boyd catches that. He's always been kind of their third down wide receiver who you go to, and he always makes the catch. He makes it happen. But unfortunately, it didn't happen versus the Houston Texans. And yes, I misspoke. He, I would say Trent Irwin, wide receiver number three. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> damn, she's gone. You're she's gone me. all the Away from Tyler Boyd. He drops. Who's the team in the division that? No, no, but uh, yeah, Tyler Boyd. He he's had success against the Baltimore Ravens, and um, you know you want to see that out of him. I think Joe Burrow go right back to him. Maybe the first drive on offense. Um, Unfortunately for Tyler, yeah, he had that big drop, but uh, yeah, he's still the guy. It just this might be his last season in Cincinnati. Yeah, who, who's who's the team in the North that scares you the most? Because obviously, like Baltimore, seven and three, but they just uh, blew a two touchdown lead in the fourth quarter to the Cleveland Browns. They're six and three, and then the Steelers are six and three, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I don't think they're a good football team, but they keep winning games with Mike Tomlin. Who scares you the most in that division? Long, uh, long you know- term. 
all the defenses are, are pretty terrifying, to be honest with you. But I would say if you were to pick one team, and one of the things that I always go by in the NFL, it's your quarterback play. Um, you, you need to have a franchise quarterback. And I think the only other team outside of the Cincinnati Bengals that have a franchise quarterback, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson and Cleveland Brown lovers, um, I would say Lamar Jackson is the one that still terrifies me, what he can do to defenses. And I like the Baltimore Ravens defense. Um, I don't think he gets enough credit. But, yes, it's in a loaded AFC North division with a lot of tough defenses. So, me personally, I would say the Baltimore Ravens are still the team that would terrify me if I were the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, it's crazy to sit there and look at that division as a whole and just go, we we joked about it before the season and said, God, all four teams, Lindsay, could make the playoffs. And though I don't think that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers actually will, it, it, it still is shaping up to look like that towards the end of the season. Uh, talking to Lindsay Patterson, BetMGM tonight, let's look at the AFC playoff picture all the way through. We were trying to figure this out earlier. Like, when you start going on the back end of the playoffs, you got the Bengals obviously sitting there in the eighth spot at five and four. The Colts are five and five; they're in the nine. The Bills are all the way at five and five with the Raiders in basically the ten and the eleven spot. And then it's the Chargers at four and five, and then the Jets in the thirteenth. Like it just has this feel of the playoffs shaping up at the end of the season to be like six or seven teams in the hunt when we're talking week 16 or week 17. When we're down to that point, the last week of the season, where do you think the Bengals will be? Oh, man, that's a million-dollar question. I honestly think <laughs> fans right now, the overreaction Monday was the season's over. It's pack it up. They're not making the playoffs, but then you have to remind them, look, they've been in that position before. They're 5-4. and four. It's disappointing that you see that again. But for the Cincinnati Bengals, if you do not win this game, I will say right now, I ex- I still I'm, – I'm, the, the playoffs are still – possibility for me. I'm not saying the season's over, but I think you're more of a wild card team if you drop the five and five, because that's hard to overcome in a division where everybody is um, performing incredible uh, when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. So I would say if you win this game, you still have a shot at the AFC North, but if they lose this game, they're going to be a wild card. I know that doesn't answer your question, but Mm -hmm. right now I just, I can't count out number nine. I really can't. Joe Burrow, man, that, he's just he's a tough dude, and it really goes through them. If they let Joe cook, um, which I'm expecting them to do, I I think that anything is possible, and they could still take the division. And look, last year after losing to the Cleveland Browns on Halloween, they won 10 games straight, lost in the AFC Championship game uh, by three points. So I'm still believing let in them, them but I think – Yeah, I think I think this this game, it's it, – I'm not even giving you an answer. I, I, I should. Maybe, but but maybe I think – but honestly, though, I yeah. think that that's that's a that's a great point. Is it like it's impossible? That's what we were trying to figure out too. Is like what teams do you really count on? Like, there's the front end of the AFC, but then there's this back end where there's a whole bunch of teams that could be in or out. So to sit there with this much time still left and have that many variables, like, I I think that's the right answer because there is no real like true answer at this point. In your mind, Lindsay, where do you put the Bengals in terms of just power rankings in in the NFL? Because I still put you guys top five, even with the record, because I know what this team is capable of when they're fully healthy and when they're clicking on all cylinders. Honestly, I mean, I would love to think that they're a top five, but for me right now, just dropping that Texans game, a game that they just played poorly all around for pretty much four quarters – I would put them as a top 10 team, um, a top 10 team that can get in the top five in the next few weeks. These are huge games. You have two AFC North games back to back, the Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers take advantage of that. Uh, but for me, I'm, I'm at a top 10 for the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Lindsey Patterson, host of It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Appreciate the time. Good to talk to you guys. Good stuff. You know, I think the, the point, the most important point out of all of that from Lindsey you do not count out number nine, period. You don't. That boy be scampering. No, you don't. 
He'd be scampering. Joe Burrow keeps them in every single game. And it's it's not even just what he does on the field, but we always talk about, like, the Joe Cool, right? Like, that that matters. That stuff is contagious, and it gets through the locker room where there's a reason why this team has overcome these bad starts the last three seasons. You got a quarterback that makes everybody believe with, obviously, what he does on the field, but also just the confidence that he instills in everybody else in the locker room. I'm a big Joe Burrow guy. Same. Yes, you should be. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and exactly. That's why, I mean, that's a team that they've done it before, so... They could kind of overcome some things, a slow start, and uh, yeah, as long as they're healthy for the stretch run, they should be all right. You know who might not be all right is Michigan State. I need this corner three to go. There, <laughs> there we you go. go. Seven-point oh, game. Goodness. Starting to get hot. Now they have uh, six three-pointers you that they've it made right. this season. You crazy. said it right. Finally. These Champions Classic games, man. Tough. All the I mean, pre, you know, pre-early you know, season stuff, these tournament games, you have no idea what's going to happen and who's going to look like what. Yeah, that's why I just stay away from them. It's, it's probably the I best. Just, I I'm looking at Kentucky, Kansas right now like, man, one four. 48 and a half. Do I want to play the under? It went from 150 to 148 and a half. I feel like the under is always a good look in these games. Same. But, um, maybe it's just best. What's the live back. total on this run? You don't have it in front of you, do you? Uh, no, not right now. It's uh, Let me pop that up, though. Just it is curious to 89. see what we're looking at. We're 49-40 right now. Yeah. As we it's all... uh, 130 and a half. There you go. There you it's go. pretty much where it closed. Maybe yeah. 132, I think it was. I wish I would have stayed away from this one. <laughs> <laughs> I just want Michigan State to fight back a little bit. I here, immediately maybe regret this decision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to bet Michigan or Michigan State to like March. Yeah, probably a good idea. Some key injuries that could affect this weekend in the NFL next. Bet MGM tonight. The winning trifecta is Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. All three will be right back on Bet MGM tonight. Presented by Bet MGM. Live from BetQL. Same to it. Mm-hmm. Sit down. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. I, I kind of think it remains to be seen, and I don't mean to be dodging the answer, because much like you, I picked Michigan. Um, to, they were number one in my AP preseason poll. Now, I don't have them number one right now, but that's only because they haven't been tested at all. And I still suspect they're the best team, but I need to see them play somebody that can fog a competent mirror. And, you know, they finally get a chance to do that this weekend. So I, I think they're really good. I suspect they might be the best team in the country. Um, but this is one of those situations, guys, you've seen it a lot in sports. These types of things are galvanizing to a team until they're not. Meaning, you know, meaning it pulls everybody together. And then if it, if it is a situation that chips away and chips away and chips away, then sometimes you maybe run into a situation where you don't perform your best. Or, or maybe that won't happen at all. I don't think there's going to be any resolution from the NCAA standpoint. And with the articles that have been written recently in Michigan's determination to do everything to avoid any punishment from the Big Ten at this moment, you know, I'm not sure it's going to have a big impact on the field. Uh, I, you know, at least not yet. I don't see any indication that would uh, dissuade me from picking Michigan to win games.
the one thing that I would have is just like how this experience is going to start coming more and more to the forefront of our lives, like your life and my life and like Tyler's life and Jake's life and Alex's life and downtown Mike Brown's life and your life, the person listening and watching this right now, where I have a three-team parlay last night in the National, among other bets, right? And my parlay is going to be closed out by the Colorado Avalanche. We're playing on the road at the Seattle Kraken. Now, I get into bed and, like, attempt to fall asleep last night. At the end of the first period, the Kraken are up one nothing on a goal by my guy, Yamamoto, scores, and the Kraken take a one nothing lead uh, against the Avalanche at the end of the first. And I fall asleep. And I wake up maybe around, like, 1.40, and I know because the first thing I did when I, when I woke up was look at my phone, see what time it is, and immediately go to NHL goals and to check my score app to see what the final score of the game was. And I saw that the Avalanche had come back to win the game 4-1, which meant I had won my parlay, put my phone down, and tried to go back to sleep. So we're officially in, like, that part of the calendar here. If you're on the East Coast especially, where, hey, like, you're betting West Coast games, you might not be able to stay up, and then you wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason, you just wake up, you gotta, maybe there's a noise, you gotta go to the bathroom, whatever it is. You got to wait till the morning to find out if you won your bet? Of course not. You're picking up the phone and you're checking. So I had yet another one of those last night, and the NBA starts next week. So, I mean, we are big time here now, Ken, in this season. In, like, middle of the night, check my phone to see if I won my bet season. And I absolutely love it. On the 24, on first down, a big hole for Achan, still going down the sideline. Devon Achan will take it all the way, 76 yards for a Dolphins touchdown. Ryan, Trista, and Nick are back on BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Well, Devon Achan burst onto the scene earlier this year, and then he gets hurt, and we're all sad. You go, God, that was just such a great story. Well, he started his comeback window, 21-day comeback, to start at least working his way into the Dolphins lineup again. And, I mean, listen, there's, this is the time of year now where, hey, if a guy was hurt earlier, you get those, get those boosts back, get your quarterback back like the Cardinals did in Kyler Murray. There's chance, not, not a chance for the Cardinals, obviously, but there's chances for teams now to take, kind of take that extra step, and the Dolphins could use that extra weapon in the backfield. Going to need Devon Achan to run for 200 yards per game for the rest of the season <laughs> in order for the Dolphins to continue to win games against good opponents. I'm very concerned about the Dolphins. Very, very concerned. Unfortunately, though, he's not going to help their defense at all. Nope. So, But maybe they can just dominate time of possession. Tick, 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 tick. Or they could score 70 points every single game, and they'd probably win. Yeah, that would help, right? That I think it would be helpful, at least a little bit. All right, we've had a little bit of line movement since everything opened for Week 11. Got some injuries, questionable, big names out there, a couple of quarterbacks coming back as well. Let's take a look at where we're going on that. Is he gone? For how long? How does this affect sides? Totals? Props? It's time for another installment of Market Movers. Is it gone? Market Movers, Will Trista. Will he ever come back? It just might. He almost sounds like a vampire yeah. there in the end. <laughs> uh, uh, Do you guys uh, ever watch the show um, Futurama? 
Yes. No, I've never got oh into God. that one. But it's um, so like funny. in college, everybody watched it except for me. It is fantastic. But that voice there at the end, the way he sounds like this, he kind of sounds like the professor. You know, the like the professor for like the whatever it is. Oh, we've got we've got a delivery to make, and it's all the way out in Elon. For, uh, I don't it know whatever. Like the count. From no, it does Sesame sound yeah. like the count. That also, is that's exactly too. what it sounds like. Three smacks. Seventy points. Ah ah ah. For the Dolphins. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, so, I like okay. it. What a great job, too. What? Ross or the voice guy. Just, oh, man. Hey, show up. Do a little voiceover work. I think Make I some can, cash. That's me. Is it gone? <laughs> I did an eczema commercial one time. You, you did, did an it. eczema commercial? Oh, yeah. It was tremendous. Tell, do it for us. Like, I, I, I think I might be able to actually find it. I'll probably search during a commercial break. Wait, wait. Like, So this was like, it was was like, a, a local one? It was a, like you did a voiceover? You did yeah. a... Yeah, I did like it. so back in the day there was an it's probably still around allaccess.com and uh, you could find like voiceover work. So when I got out of college and I was doing like part-time producing oh. before I moved to Iowa and I was doing like AP stuff and interning. I wanted to make a couple bucks, so I tried to do some voiceover work and uh did a bunch of eczema stuff. And it's funny because I like redid it and I put like the Sarah McLaughlin music behind it cuz I'm like <laughs> every year over 75% of Americans are diagnosed with eczema. You know, and it's, it's I you know, eczema's no fun, but it's skin rash, and it's like I put the music in the arms of an angel. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds really Scott's serious. Scott's face is so red right and now. I will yeah. remember <laughs> skin. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. just show, like, pictures <laughs> and of I made dogs. Like, oh, my God. I made, like, 500 bucks, though. I did that. I worked... Um, I told you guys about my my time is I, I used to be like a bodyguard, not really a bodyguard, but we would go to well, these like festivals not. and it would be like <laughs> chewing tobacco, koozies. We would just pass out the most random stuff and I would just sit there with like these like pretty much Instagram models and just make sure nobody was bothering them. And if people were bothering them, and then I was usually up pretty with cool with that. Well, yeah, a couple of them. <laughs> yep. did, did you stand with your One arms crossed Jackie. and just stare? No, usually I was just sitting there like smoking a parliament. You I know. figured there was probably, yeah. That Ryan was in love with games, Jackie. Betting games on my phone. He's like, damn, she fine. <laughs> that was the first time I've actually went to Detroit was for that gig right there. Oh, that's right. That's when you fell in love. Yeah. That's yes. Right. Fell in love for the first <laughs> time. For the first love time. for the first time. So or second. All right. So third, Devon H. And we said he's he started his comeback here for the Dolphins. So that's a 21 day window to get back out on the field, work, get in game shape, all those things. Big one though this weekend. The Rams are expecting to have Matt Stafford back. Uh, Kyron Williams should be back for week 12. They're planning that as well. But immediately, it's Matt Stafford coming back against Seattle at home. Totals 46 in that game. So the the uh, the Seahawks were a one-point favorite in that game. And then, of course, like this news, uh, it's, look, it changes everything for the Rams. But when you look at where the Rams are as one-point favorites at home and at 3-6, and six, this may be one other team, Ryan, that I say... Could there be an outside chance they make a push for the playoffs? Only because, only because the back end of the NFC is just not very Ooh. dependable. Yeah. I mean, they would have to get really hot. But mm -hmm. like you said, I mean, the NFC, um, if they're in the AFC, this team has no business, uh, no has way. no shot at making the playoffs. I still I still don't know that they do. Um, I do like them this week, though. So do I. You're coming off the bye, they'll be a little bit healthier. That pass rush is coming for Gino. Gino's not going to know what to do. Yeah. His brain's going to freeze like he just had a slushy too fast. Yeah. And all Ooh, of a sudden, yep. And oh. all of a sudden, Cold. the Seahawks are going to fold up like a like a cheap piece of lawn furniture. Rams are going to be four and six at the end. Seahawks six and four, and everyone's be like, "Are the Rams back?" 
And then it's probably like, are no, they they're gone? not. Are they they're, gone? they're not. They had extra time are they to prep. Home? And it was uh, McVay versus Pete Carroll. Yep. Uh, a team that he obviously knows pretty well. But yeah, I, I like the Rams in this spot. It wouldn't shock me if they got hot. You know, maybe seven wins gets you in the playoffs. Because that's the thing. Like, one of these teams is going to get in. Is it going to be Atlanta? Probably not. Is it going to be Carolina? Definitely not. You know, like, who else do you make the case for in the NFC, really? Because um, you have the three top teams Dallas. You have Philadelphia, and you have San Francisco. Then it's Seattle still going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I just don't trust them to do anything when they get into the playoffs with Geno, really. Jeez. Um, it's, it's tough, isn't it's it? It's ugly. And then in the AFC, there's going to be a lot of good teams, a couple good teams that don't make the playoffs, or at least a couple competitive teams. Like, if the Broncos are in the NFC, they're a playoff team. Yes. They might even be pretty scary in They'd the probably NFC. be better than 4-5 and five right now, too. I mean, I... I Detroit, yes. Minnesota, that was a good bet by Tristan, making them, taking them to make the playoffs. I did not see it happening with the, with this defense, but all of a sudden, uh, the defense is carrying them, and they have Dobbs. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Rams did get hot here. I mean, they got hot, kind of hot at the end of last season. They weren't winning games, but they were competitive with Baker Mayfield. Now, if it's Stafford, that's what it comes down to. Is he healthy? His quotes, though, are always... Not really what you want to hear if you're back in the team to make the playoffs. It's always like, yeah, I could barely get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, I, I know. I hate these kids. Right I can't sleep. I can't eat. Yeah. I ba- basically, I'm not even a functioning human. I have to take all these pills. Sounds awful. Pill. Yeah, and it's like, are you are you alive? Yeah, that that's a guy that sounds like he's ready to retire, honestly. I would For need sure. like a good boosted price to get invested with yeah. the Rams. You know yeah. what I mean? I'd need five to one, six to one. Yeah. Now, maybe, I'll bet them, like, week more. to week. Yeah, yeah, I like them this week, but then we'll wait and see what happens after that. So, yeah, I'm looking. I don't. There is no price for the Rams right now and where I'm looking, so yeah. there's, no, there's no playoffs for them. But let's look at this the other way. Let's say they lose to Seattle here. You're 3-7. and seven. Tank, 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 tank. Start tanking. You're in the seventh spot right now in the draft. And the Seahawks at that point are seven and three. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, and that and the Seahawks are still getting the the really big thing with that division. And Frank Schwab brought this up. And there's, I mean, there's a reason why you can't count Seattle out just given record wise. 49ers are a much better team because the math ain't mathin'. The math ain't mathin'. They, the three losses in a row for the 49ers, at like the way that they fell off before their bye week, really put them in a bad spot because Seattle has kept a good pace. Well, then also on top of that, you have your bye week, and now you come back, dominate. You do what you did, obviously, against the uh, the Jags. But Seattle's now going to keep this thing close as, the, as it goes on through the rest of the year. Show Introducing BetQL Send It In. With your trends and your fades share your thoughts predictions and your best daily best bets with the send it in community set your reminders mark your calendars and get ready to send it in on weekday afternoons at 1 eastern on twitter youtube and twitch on your home for wagertainment the betql network presented by betmgm BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski. Lion stuff is just, oh my god, I just want to vomit. Aaron Hawksworth. Woo! That's all I have to say to that. And Ed Egros. We will do the work for you. On the BetQL Network. Um, yeah, I mean, you still, I don't really love the depth of the team. Like, yeah, you like Stafford, you like Cooper Cup, you like Aaron Donald, but then who else do you really like? It's a bunch of young dudes, and it's a pretty, it's still a really good coaching staff, but um, yeah, I don't want to get invested with them, really. 
moving forward. Yeah, a lot of questionables at this point in the week, too. Um, Justin Fields, maybe he makes his return against Detroit. I mean, the Lions right now are double-digit favorites against him. Even if he's back, I mean, what does he look like? Detroit's just a better team. But, like, if you're if you're the the Bears, you got to sit there and go, you know what? Like, we got to figure this thing out now. We got to get our last glimpse. I feel like they've already made a decision. Yeah. Especially if you fire that coaching staff anyway, you're going to start fresh. Yeah. But don't you at least want to see five, six weeks of Justin Fields and see him up against at least a, a, a good team like the Lions to really get a, I, a final true gauge? Like, we got all our information. We know now whether he's our quarterback or not. I think you do, but their situation's so much different because they're going to probably have two top five picks. Right. So, I mean, if. Drake May or Caleb Williams is sitting there. You have to take one of yeah. those guys. And yeah. I, I just I love Justin Fields. I just feel like Justin Fields is probably better off in a different situation. And Ryan Poles, the new general manager, he's been there for two years. He doesn't have any attachment to Justin Fields because he didn't draft him. Ryan Pace did, and he's gone now. So I would probably want to get my guy because now we're 10 games into the season. We're sitting there with three wins. And the Bears, surprisingly, have kind of figured some stuff out on defense. They're pretty good against the run. Uh, they made, a, in my opinion, a good deal for Sweat. Maybe you overpaid, but now I think they're looking at that division like, okay, the Lions are for real. Minnesota's still a good team, but the Packers, um, their time's over. And we could win in two to three years. We just got to get our quarterback, or we got to get it figured out here. Is it our offensive line that's a mess? Because um, actually the offensive line's even been better. Yeah. You know, Jenkins has been playing pretty good football. Um, the skill position players, you got to get better receivers. I, I like DJ Moore and I like Mooney, but if you could get Marvin Harrison and Caleb Williams oh God, or Andrake May or Joe Alt to get another offensive lineman, it. yeah, or you get another tackle, but I think you got to go quarterback receiver if those two guys are there for sure. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why trading down in the draft can help you. Yeah, you start stacking up first round picks. And you can rebuild a team a whole lot faster, especially when you're the Bears and you're looking at Carolina they going, yes, so much money too. keep losing. They do. They've got a ton of money to spend. Yeah. Well, they've, they've given some to Montez Sweat. He just got his extension. And that's the reason why they made Good that choice, trade. in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think it was the right choice, too. First, if you're going to give up a second-round pick like you did, you better commit. And you yeah. better get make sure you get him locked up. They didn't want him to hit the open market. He didn't hit the open market. So the Bears at least kind of making, I think, some decisions to get at least in a better spot. All right, power rankings start next. Bet MGM tonight.